Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What if you could heal your own brain? Today, I'm so excited to bring you tips and strategies in part two of the trauma series. In the last episode, we spoke about ADHD and the link with trauma. And today I'm going to give you psychological and behavioral strategies that will see you on your way to healing your brain. Welcome to the What's Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a psychologist, published author and public speaker here to educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. It is Monday. I'm going to call this Motivation Monday. I hope you had a restful weekend and I'd like to start the episode today by setting you up for the week. So what I want you to do is think about what is your goal or intention this week? What is the most important thing that you accomplish at the end of this week? Write it down and have a think about it. I'll usually put down three goals or intentions for the week. Definitely for me this week, it is about Bali, Bali, Bali. I'm actually going at the start of February. I've got another retreat coming up. And what I'm going to be doing is getting there a little bit earlier, but then staying only a little bit later this time because I actually have to come back and move out of my apartment because my lease is up. So This week is all about looking at Bali accommodation, organizing my outfits, because every time I travel, I want to make it more effective and efficient. And one thing I've noticed is this thing I saw online that absolutely changed my perspective, and it was so true, and it is we pack for the ideal version of ourselves, not the current version of ourselves. And what that means is we often pack for this version of ourselves that we want to be on holiday. Oh, I want to wear that skirt. I want to wear that hat. But you never wear that in your day-to-day life and it's uncomfortable. So why do you pack it? So my rule of thumb now is I'm going to pack things that I wear every day. I'm going to have set outfits that I've tried on that I feel and look good in that make me feel my best. And I'm going to shop for a few new things too. So that's my goals and intentions for this week is setting myself up for success in Bali, looking at accommodation, starting to plan what I'm going to take with me. And those are my goals. And I think finalize my tax. If I haven't done this by the day this is released, 
that's going to be my aim for this. One of my goals this year is to really get on top of my numbers, understand my numbers, understand the ins and outs of the business, because I feel I've just sort of always had, you know, accountants help me with that, or I've never really learned about it. And I just, I want to understand, I want to know the details behind it. I think it's really important to be really aware of your financial situation because things can come up and it's important to be prepared for that. But anyway, as always, I can ramble, ramble on. Welcome back. I'm so excited that I've brought you back to another beautiful Monday. In part two today, we're going to talk about strategies on how to work with trauma and not against it. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you listen to that first because it's going to make a lot more sense. Right. We defined trauma in the last episode, but essentially emotional and psychological trauma is the result of an extraordinarily stressful event that shatters your sense of security, makes you feel helpless, and can sometimes change your view on the world. Following a traumatic incident, you may think that the world is a dangerous, unsafe place. Psychological trauma can leave you struggling with upsetting emotions, memories, and anxiety that doesn't seem to go away. It can also leave you feeling numb, disconnected, and unable to trust people. Any experience that threatens your life or your safety is often considered traumatic. Anything that makes you feel overwhelmed, even if it doesn't cause you physical harm. Remember, trauma is not the incident itself. It's your body's response to the incident. So what I want you to first do is when you listen to this, is if you do have trauma or you've got some traumatic memories, is first and foremost, take care because we will be talking about that. Not your memory specifically, but how to process it. This is not a substitute for psychological therapy, but just used as education and some tools as well. So let's start. Now, when we speak about trauma and trauma-informed therapy, it's a type of therapy that aims to help you reprocess the trauma. When trauma gets stored in your brain, it gets stored in the wrong part of your brain. So what happens is as you go through your day-to-day life, you go to the post office, you jump on a Zoom meeting, you go eat rice paper rolls for lunch. This forms little memories in your short-term memory, also called your semantic memory. And this is part of your Yeah, day-to-day functioning, it's linked to sound, it's linked to sight, it's linked to smell, it's linked to our five senses, and it's right at the front of the brain where it's easily accessed. Now, what happens is when you go to sleep at night, you go through four sleep stages. So you go through the light stages of sleep, then you go through the deep stages of sleep, and then you enter REM sleep, which is actually the most active. REM sleep is called rapid eye movement. And what is happening is your eyes move back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, almost like you're watching a game of tennis and your eyes are moving across the screen. And what is happening during this is that your brain is processing your memories and it's putting them into the right filing cabinet. It files everything away for the day. It puts the memories from the short-term memory into the long-term memory. And what happens is when this happens in your sleep, Your brain and body allows us to desensitize to situations over time. However, when we go through a traumatic incident, not everything can be processed in your sleep because the memory gets stored in a raw form in the short-term part of your brain. So what happens is when the memory gets stuck or stored in the front of your brain, it can be easily activated or triggered. 
and it can be activated by sound, sight, smell, vision, hearing, because a memory has lots of different components of it. Now, one of the types of therapies is EMDR, and I'm going to explain what it is and how it works, and then I'm going to go into strategies that you can do yourself to start to help you with trauma. Now, remember, it's not a substitute for therapy. EMDR, it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It was developed in the 1980s by Dr. Francine Shapiro. Now, she went through basically a cancer scare and kept having flashbacks and fears of hospitals. And she wondered, why are some people fine with the same experience and some people are not? And what we know is trauma isn't about how bad the situation is, it's about how you have processed it. And how does our brain process some trauma and doesn't process other trauma? We know that our brain and body is able to process distressing events over time. They get smaller and smaller and less intense. So for example, maybe you went to cross the road and you almost got hit by a car and you were like, (gasps) and the whole day you felt a little bit rattled by that. But over the week, you're like, oh yeah, there was a bit of a fright, but I'm okay now. It starts to get less and less. So for example, say you stub your toe, we all remember and we know how much that hurts, but physically you can't feel the feeling of your toe. But I remember last night I banged my shin on the bed and I was like, ah, I remember the feeling, but I can't actually feel the pain. Trauma is very similar, even though we may not be able to remember the memory or we can't remember that pain in that moment, we can remember the feeling it brings up for us. And this can be an emotional feeling as well. Now, we know REM sleep helps to reprocess information and allows us to desensitize over time. But what happens, as mentioned, when a memory is traumatic, it doesn't get processed, it gets stuck. And when it's stuck in your brain, you don't desensitize from it. So, Say you had a car accident and that memory is stored in a raw form in your brain. Every time you see that car, you might be triggered or every time you have to cross a road, you might get a lot of anxiety. Now, when you think of a memory, a memory has different components. A memory has a image, what you remember seeing. A memory has a negative thought. This is a traumatic memory, usually a negative cognition or a negative thought. It has a feeling, it has a location in the body, and it has a certain level of distress. So out of 10, we ask people to rate, how distressing does this memory feel to you now? And you can rate it out of 10. And I encourage you, as you think along with this, try not to think of anything too distressing that happened to you, but I'll give you an example of how you can kind of track back a memory. So for example, when 9-11 happened, even though that was so long ago, I guarantee you would be able to remember exactly what you were doing, exactly where you were standing, and exactly how you were feeling when this occurred. Because memories that are emotional are usually easier to remember. You'll remember the place, you'll remember the location, everything. Even think about your birthday. What can you remember about your birthday? Can you remember emotions? Can you remember images? Can you remember sensations? So that is the parts of a memory and the reason we need to break this down is because that's how we process memories through EMDR. So EMDR it's a type of therapy and 
It does involve eye movements. Now, the eye movements, we just use our fingers and we get people to follow our fingers back and forth, back and forth. And what we do is we mimic REM sleep and we help people to process the memory in a safe way. And we set up a better narrative. But what's important to let you know about is there's different phases. And what I'm going to teach you at the end of this podcast is kind of the first phase of how you can help yourself. EMDR has eight phases and essentially the sessions can vary. It can be eight sessions, it can be 20 sessions, but it's, it depends on what you're trying to process. It depends on the events. It depends on your feelings. It depends on how you've internalized it. It depends on how it is stored in the body. But in this type of therapy and in trauma therapy, you do need to be triggered. You do need to be activated. And this is why it can be hard to do trauma therapy because you have to go through it. You're not necessarily reliving the trauma, but we're triggering you to feel something. We are telling your nervous system that you're safe. And we do this with eye movements or we can do this with tapping. Remember, the memory gets coded as traumatic, but we're trying to recode it as it's not traumatic and I can process this. It's giving the message that you're in a safe environment and we can get through this horrible incident and we want to try and push you through it. In a memory, it's the thoughts, the feelings, the images and the body that is connected. And usually when people have a traumatic memory, there's a negative cognition linked to it. For example, I should have known better. It was my fault. Especially with something such as abuse. People think, as a child, I should have said no, I should have known better. But this type of therapy is really about rewiring those cognitions, working with self-compassion and also working with that young, vulnerable inner child. Now, before we even start any eye movements, there's eight phases and the eye movements don't really start till phase five. So the first phase is we want to make sure that the person is the right fit for the type of therapy. We want to do a lot of assessments. We want to make sure that they don't dissociate too much, but it's fine if the person does dissociate a little bit. And then phase two, which I think I'm going to help you with today, is understanding the process and safeguarding. So you know a little bit about what EMDR is. You know a little bit about how it works. I'm going to teach you about installation. Installation is about imagining that your brain is a computer or your mind is a computer. And think of your trauma as viruses. You've got these viruses that have been installed in your brain in your software. So what we've got to do before we kind of try to attack the virus, we want to install some antivirus software into your brain, into your computer. Now, this is called stabilization because we don't really want to unpack the trauma or we don't really want to try to get rid of the virus unless we have the skills to deal with what the trauma might put us through. We want to be able to calm the nervous system. We want to be able to regulate the nervous system. And the way we do that is through getting in touch with our body. So things such as we teach you deep diaphragmatic breathing. We install a safe place in your brain. And I might do a separate recording on safe place. But I do give you safe place for free if you grab my emotion regulation toolkit. So this is a great toolkit if you want to 
do the stabilization I'm talking about. If you want to learn how to regulate your nervous system, the toolkit is wonderful for that. So you can grab that by clicking the link below. We do deep breathing. We do container exercises. So at the end of each session, before we kind of wrap up, we make sure we put all the distress in a container. And if you're feeling distressed by something or by memory, you can put that in a container, lock it away, send it away until next time. And this has been shown to work. So EMDR brain scans have been done that show new little pathways. So by rewiring our nervous system and by reprocessing our trauma, we are actually rewiring our brain. Now, before I get into some strategies that I'm going to teach you to start your healing journey, I just want you to remember that we can often judge our trauma and that can be a blocker in the way of processing it. Things such as, oh, why am I feeling traumatized because I got lost in a store when I was two? That's so ridiculous. Or it's not like I was raped. So don't judge your trauma. Remember, trauma is anything that activates your nervous system. So the worst thing you can do is invalidate your own experience. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How to begin your healing journey. So if you're someone who has gone through trauma or you get triggered, the first step is awareness. And what I want you to do is I want you to notice your body sensations throughout the day because trauma can often teach us to disconnect from our body. But I want you to ask yourself, what are the sensations of feeling good in my body? When I feel good, what do I feel? Is there softness in the shoulders? Is there heaviness in the legs? Is there warmth in the belly? There is no right answer. Taking an imaginary snapshot of this feeling shows the nervous system how to feel regulated. So I'm going to do a check-in right now. I'm noticing I've got a bit of a tight sensation around my, my chest and heart. I'm not sure if it's because I just went for a walk or maybe I feel a bit nervous or pressure when I record the podcast because I don't like making mistakes. But I'm noticing I feel... In my chest, a bit shortness of breath. I notice my heart. I'm always feeling like a bit of a heavy feeling on my shoulders, I think because I'm feeling it's the afternoon when I'm recording this. And I usually kind of finish up at this time, so maybe that's just my body. 
My body also feels a bit hot. How does your body feel right now? So the first thing is I want you to take time during the day to just check in with your body. The next thing to build awareness is to write things down. Write down what triggers you. Write down what upsets you. Write down any dreams you had, any nightmares you had, because nightmares are usually information trying to get processed. Write down any triggers, any thoughts, any feelings, any beliefs. So awareness precedes change. So the first step with your trauma, with your processing, is to become aware of what comes up for you. And you can ask yourself questions such as, has this come up before? Has this feeling I'm experiencing today, has that come up before in my life? Two, the body. As mentioned, we want to communicate to the body and to the nervous system that it's safe and we want to calm down. Trauma disrupts your body's natural equilibrium, freezing you in a state of hyperarousal and fear, as well as bringing up adrenaline, releasing endorphins. We want to use exercise and movement to repair your nervous system. That's right. Exercise and movement repairs your nervous system. Especially if you have ADHD and trauma, you need to exercise. It is so important. If you can move your body for 30 minutes on most days, you'll notice a massive difference. Even a few 10-minute spurts. For me, throughout the day, we take regular walks just around the block, just a quick one as a circuit breaker because both me and my partner work from home. Exercise is super important. Anything that involves your arms, your legs, Walking, running, weight training is really great. Now, when you do your exercise, I want to give you a challenge this week. I want you to add a mindfulness element. So instead of focusing on your thoughts, such as, oh my God, I look so fat, or look how I look in the mirror, oh, I've got no makeup on, or listening to music on your phone or distracting yourself, I want you to really focus on your body and how it feels as you move. I'm very guilty of this. So I've weight trained pretty much since I was 14 years old and I've just kind of gone with the motions like, oh yeah, 12 reps, okay, lift up, yeah, that was hard. But lately I've been training with my partner and especially when I've been doing pull-ups, you just think, I've got to lift myself with my arms. But now I think, no, 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 engage your back, squeeze your back and pull. Or when I'm doing chest, use your chest and push with your chest. The other thing is I've been exercising for a long time now with no caffeine. I don't have any coffee before an hour of waking, an hour and a half, and no pre-workout. I'm taking pre-workout in years. But I am like doing the raw, the raw exercise, no makeup, no caffeine, and no music. I don't even have headphones in, but that's because we're training together. But I am so much more present. I'm so much more present of who is around me. I'm so much more mindful of how my body is feeling, how I'm moving, etc. So if you are doing exercising, I want you to notice the sensation of your feet hitting the ground if you're walking. 
the rhythm of your breath. The other day, the gym music actually went out and I could hear everyone breathing. It was really strange. Or the wind and how it feels on your skin. Notice how your muscles feel. So when your mind is like, oh, you're so weak. Oh, this is so hard. Say, how does my body feel right now? Another way to quieten the body is the gentle reminder that you're safe. Slow down your movement and your speech if you notice you're talking or walking really quickly. Practice intuitive movement. Right? So just when you walk, when you talk, if you're feeling out of your mind, if you're feeling dissociated, if you're feeling like you're shaking or fidgeting, ask your nervous system what it needs to feel better. Communicate with your body and what it needs. And just remember that slow is fast and less is more. There's no quick fix, but as your stress response heals, your symptoms will improve. So just on number two, this is your body. So body includes exercise, breathing, breath work, visual imagery, and safe, calm place installation. Now, the final thing you can do is have a structure and routine. And I'm talking about a health structure and a lifestyle routine. Your diet, your exercise, and your sleep are the foundations of a healthy nervous system function. If you are not getting good sleep, forget about it. Your brain's not going to process anything. Some things that I have implemented that have enhanced the quality of my sleep is I no longer scroll at night. I put my phone away from my bed so I can't snooze in the morning. I physically have to get up and pick up my phone to turn it off so I'm out of bed awake. What this does is it helps me have a consistent sleep-wake routine. The research shows that waking up the same time every day is actually just as or more beneficial than going to sleep at the same time every day. Obviously, you'd be flexible, but also don't. <laughs> Just try to make it work for you. Last night, I did a test. I slept with an eye mask and earplugs. It kind of felt a lot. There's like a lot on my head, a lot in my ears, but lights, sounds, stimulation. Nighttime should be for relaxation and winding down. I'm very strict on not working at night. You know, people that are like, oh, I'm just such a workaholic. I work all hours of the night. No way. Now, if I work right before bed, I dream of work and we don't want that. So when we speak about your diet, make sure you're eating regularly. And if you struggle with your disordered eating or eating disorder or your relationship with food is problematic, get it sorted out. I offer a fantastic program where I help you with this. You can start with Binge Free Brain, which is a seminar that you can download, or you can book a free one-on-one call with me in the link below and we can talk about your eating. Healthy habits, I know they can be challenging, especially for people with ADHD and trauma. So it's important to revisit and just do a bit of an audit on yourself. How's my sleep going? How's my food going? How's my exercise going? So just assess as needed. And just remember that there's safety in structure. So knowing what to expect can really help. So knowing you're going to start the day with a shower or end the day with brushing your teeth can also help us feel safe. The last thing is, if you do get triggered, become curious about it. 
as mentioned, write it down. Number two, get into your body. Number three, pick an action. Ask yourself what your body needs. And the last thing is decide what you want in that moment. What are you needing in that moment and how do you want to feel? I hope this episode has been helpful to give you some tips and tricks on how to start to recognize triggers, traumas, and work towards healing them. Of course, always seek professional help. If you want a Kickstarter on this, I'd recommend my emotional toolkit to help you regulate your emotions, help you identify triggers, and also gives you the steps and tools to be able to process the emotions. It also comes with the Safe Calm Place installation audio, which is also a wonderful device to have handy the next time you need to calm down. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, let me know. In the next episode, I'm really excited. I'm going to unpack what you are working on. So I asked you my stories, what are you working on at the moment? And I'm going to unpack what you're working on and see if I can give some helpful tips. That's all for today, my friends. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am truly grateful for you being here. If you got something out of today's show, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. To access more resources or support, check out the show notes below. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.